A wise person once said, no failure need to be, needs to be final. No failure needs to be final. That was by Thomas Monson. That's a pretty interesting quote, isn't it? You ever hear Final Fantasy? How about Final Failure? Is failure final? Unfortunately, that's something we often think about in relationships that we not necessarily think about it. We just kind of overreact and think that whatever just went wrong, our child just failed a class or our spouse just said something we didn't like. And man, that just seems like that was the last straw. We're, that was a major failure and it's never going to be corrected. We overreact. We give up hope. We give up hope that someone can change. We give up hope that we can change, that our relationships could be better. Final failure. I like that. Not saying that failure is final, but rather no failure needs to be final. It's that uh, principle of being resolute. Do you remember that from National Treasure? Uh, the resolute desk, the desk that was given to an American president, that resolute desk, a resolution, a firmness. Remember how they're trying to figure out the clue? What's resolute? It means to make up your mind, to be determined. That doesn't mean in marriage you're so pig-headed, as my dad would call it, or being stubborn. It doesn't mean your ears are back like a mule and that nothing's going to change, but rather you have this determination, this resilience that you're going to bounce back. The failure isn't final. It's not just a positive mental attitude, as Earl Nightingale talked about, or Vincent Peale. What is it? Norman Vincent Peale. There's a number of people. And those are those are wonderful things. As a matter of fact, your attitude often does determine your altitude. It's not what happens to you oftentimes. It's how you internalize it. Have you ever noticed that we don't really see the world the way it is? We see the world as we are. And if we're bitter, angry, judgmental, condescending, that's what we see. If we're optimistic, happy, that's what we get. Matter of fact, on a recent day, there was a number of good things that happened to me. And there was a number of things that just felt like a kick in the teeth as I was telling a friend. I bet you it was probably two kicks in the teeth and about eight hugs around my neck. But I was really focused on the two kicks in the teeth, the punch in the gut, whatever metaphor you want to use that seems to take the, the, uh, what is it, the wind out of your sails. But is it the wind out of your sails or is it simply realigning your sails? Is it I'm drowning or is it get back on the surfboard and go on the big waves? Well, no failure ever needs to be final. Let's talk about this in relationships. What if a spouse has struggled with challenges, with addictions or problems. Is that person completely a failure because of something they've struggled with? When do they most need our help? When have we committed to being able to help? Years and years ago, I was at a wedding up in outside of the west part of Colorado, a west part of Denver, in Estes Park. And I heard a couple reciting their marital vows. And it hit me. I was sitting second or third row. I was enjoying a wonderful weekend. It was amazing beauty outside. But what I remember hearing at that very wedding was that a man and a wife were promising themselves that they would take care of each other, especially, not just when it was good, but especially when one spouse was down, when one spouse was sick, when one spouse was ill. And I heard that, at least what I understood, what it meant is what if they were psychologically hurt? 
What if they were emotionally spent? What if they were drained? Would we simply give a little help or a lot of help? When they need it the most, we were committing, this person was committing, this couple were committing that they would be there. And I realized them to myself. I thought, am I there for when my spouse needs me, especially when she's down? My wife told me just a few weeks ago, she said, isn't it great that oftentimes when one of us is down, the other one isn't. It's rare that we're both down. And I thought, yeah, what a, what a blessing that is. Because when I'm down, I want my wife to be there to help. And she often is. And I try to do likewise. I'm actually trying to follow her example of being there for her when she's down physically, emotionally. Maybe she's spent. Well, that's one of the ways we can make sure that no failure is final. We help our spouse not to, when they're down and they're failing and flailing, are we there to help them so that that's not a final failure? That we help them get back up. We help them to be like a ball that bounces back. We help them to be resilient. They rebound, if you will. That's one of the great qualities of a ball that has enough air in it. It rebounds. Have you ever played basketball like we did as a family for a few years? We had a ball that got kept getting thorns and different things in it. So it would always keep air for only 30 or 40 minutes or so. And then you had to pump it up next time you went to play. It took us a couple of years to replace that ball. That ball had no resiliency. After 30 to 40 minutes, it wouldn't bounce back. It wouldn't rebound off the ground. You want to be like a ball, like we just recently got one of those rubber basketballs from Walmart, 14 bucks, 10 bucks, whatever it is, but it actually bounces. It has resiliency. It's made out of rubber. It bounces when it hits the cement, when it hits the asphalt. It bounces. It's not a permanent failure like a ball that's completely devoid of air and can't be filled up. Too many holes in it. Maybe that's one of the things we should realize is plug the holes. Realize who plugs our holes, who helps us with the emotional holes, the difficulties. Hopefully it's our spouse and many others. Good luck remembering that no failure is final and that you can be resilient.